0: like him So let me share two verses with you in Isaiah chapter 40 as I was spending time with the Lord Friday morning he will feed his flock like a shepherd Pastor Faye well that's not so special any shepherd can feed a flock right hold up he will gather the lambs with his arms carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. Any shepherd can do that, but hold on because the next verse is where he's about to separate himself. I need you to hear this. God says who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand. I need you to think of Pacific Ocean, Atlantic Ocean, Indian Ocean, Black Sea, Mediterranean, Lynch's Creek, P.D. River. I need you to think of every body of water in the earth and hold your hand out like this. God can put it right there in his hand. Well, two people got that. That's how massive he is all by himself. He can take every drop of water on planet earth and put it right there. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I can't cook. But there's one thing I can cook is grits. And I know when I cook grits, I put my hand out like this and I pour salt in there in the palm of my hand. in that little hollow right there. And I know when I get to a certain point, that's about right. God can hold every bit of water on the planet, every ocean right there and play with it. Hold up now. Not only can he hold the water right there, but do your hands like this. Do your little thumb. Do your little pinky. That's the span of your hand. Look at God's span of his hand. He has measured out with a span and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure. Hold on, what is he calculated? The prophet is talking about the universe right there we don't even need to go with that astronomical number, but God can put his thumb on one end of the universe and reach his pinky out and touch the other end of it. There is nobody else, no other God like that. He's holy, y'all. He's holy, y'all. He's holy, y'all. He's holy, y'all. And can I tell you, if he can hold every drop of water, Miss Sharon, on the planet in the hollow of his hand, if he can put his thumb on one side of the universe and reaches pinky out to the other side then i guarantee you he's big enough to take care of all your problems and all your fears he's big enough to heal any bacteria virus infection he's big enough to cause cancer to die come on somebody he's big enough to make a way where there is no way he's big enough to call provision he's big enough to put depression that is in your heart and life and your mind, he's big enough to reach that big hand in there and pull it out, throw it on the ground and squash it underneath his feet. I wish somebody would praise him like he is holy. That there is none other like him. He can do all that all by himself.
1: delighted for what God is doing in Danica and Laura, but other needs. We're praying for Kel Crumpler's family and so many others right now. Sharon, would you lead us in prayer right now?
2: This holy God can do it. He's able to do it. Father, we just bless you. We honor you. We magnify you. We exalt you, God, because you are holy are the god that there is no other above you beside you behind you there's no one that is greater than you father and we just exalt you we magnify your name over every need over every concern over everything that is weighing individuals hearts down caught we magnify your name over those things and, Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you release your healing virtue where there needs to be healing, oh God. That you go to the very root cause of bacteria, infection, disease, infirmary, injury. In the name of Jesus, fire of God, burn those things out in Jesus. provide all of our needs according to your riches and glory so we thank you for the provision father father I thank you for what you're doing in hearts right now I thank you for the drawing of your Holy Spirit father you said that if we would draw near to you that you would draw near to us so we thank you for your wooing and your drawing for your calling this morning God we say let your will be done on earth As it is in heaven, Father. And right now we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor in your mighty, powerful name we pray, Lord Jesus. Holy.
1: We lift our hands and call him holy. No one like our God. No one like our God. One more time. and magnify you. And Pastor Tim posted this uh, praise report for me that Danica spoke this morning for the first time. Can we give God praise for that? Give God praise. Give God praise. Hallelujah. And and Trevor, raise your hand back there. The baby's home looking great. Let's give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He's so holy and so awesome. We worship him today. I know it's difficult, but you may be seated if you can in the presence of the Lord. We talked about this morning the fact that not only was this um, Pentecost Sunday, and I feel like you've done a good job in welcoming Holy Spirit in this house. Um, It's also Memorial Day, uh, the day that we set aside on the calendar to remember those who gave not just some but gave all thanks thank the lord for all those who gave any at all but thank a special thanks this morning for those who gave their very life and so i'm going to ask you to just stand for just a moment of silent prayer in memory of those who have who passed giving themselves for the freedom of our country i'm going to pray just a moment of silence here in honor of them Children's Church can be dismissed in just a minute, but right now, everybody, just be still in the presence of the Lord. Father, a moment of silence seems so little in appreciation for what these have done for our freedom. But today, we just say thank you for every man and every woman who gave all on the battlefields for the freedom of our nation. We thank you for that. We bless their memory today. There are people right in this house who have loved ones who gave all for our freedom. We just say thank you. God, may we remember that freedom's not free, and may we stand for freedom at all costs. We especially want to thank you for the death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because he bought the greatest freedom of all, the freedom from sin. So we just say thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said Amen. amen. And you may be seated. Now not only uh, has this month been Mother's Day, uh, Teacher Appreciation Week, uh, Nurses Appreciation Week, but according to our church calendar, it's also Senior Saints Appreciation Month. And so today we are honoring our Senior Saints with a special meal in our house. Seniors are 60 and up. And so um, just to say thank you, for, uh, to remind you that you're all invited today, uh, to say for this meal catered by General MacArthur's you didn't have to bring anything but right now with everyone on 60 and up please stand we want to say a, a word of appreciation to you. Look at this good group of people aren't this a young looking seniors <laughs> Young looking seniors Amen amen Thank you and you may be seated now yeah, we got some young looking seniors and I'm in that number. As well, <laughs> I'm a young-looking senior too, and so, um, so we. I mentioned the fact that um, uh, Trevor is home with the baby. Trevor and Rebecca are home with the baby, and we've asked he and his brother and them to do a song for us this morning, and uh, our who, whoever's going to sing with you, come right on and, and let's give them another hand as they come.
3: Amen. On behalf of my family, I just want to thank you all for the prayers, the love, the support um, It's truly carried us. Uh, For those that don't know, our son Israel was born on April 16th, Membership Sunday. And uh, he was born perfectly healthy, or so we thought, and uh, about eight hours later, they took him for a bath, and uh, the doctor came back and said, hey, something's wrong. He's blue. I "I don't think he's supposed to be blue. Um, So uh, they found out that Israel has um, a series of uh, congenital heart diseases and defects, And uh, about 1% of kids are born with congenital heart disease, and about 1% of that 1% has what Israel has. Uh, So we were airlifted to Charleston. um, At 16 days old, he had his first open-heart surgery. Um, We spent 36 days in Charleston. um, uh, Complete chaos, uh, but the only constant through that was the goodness of God in our lives. And um, Monday, we came home. and, And then... Monday, we came home. Uh, but we love you guys. We thank you guys for walking this journey with us, and uh, we ask that you don't pity us, don't feel bad for us, don't feel bad for Izzy, but that you uh, that you encourage each other and encourage us, and uh, we find joy in the stretching of our faith, and we're gonna walk this out, and we're gonna watch God be God. Amen. Amen.
4: i <laughs>
5: Breath that I am able. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. With my life laid down surrender now I give you everything Your goodness is running after, It keeps running out to me Your goodness is running out It's running out to me
4: Your goodness is running out
5: It's running out to me With my life let down Surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running out. It's running out me. Oh,
0: and all my
4: life, you have been faithful.
3: I've seen a church. And all my life
5: i been so The goodness, oh, I will sing, oh, I will sing, of the goodness.
6: All my life, you have been so, so good.
7: of us in here have a testimony of how good God is. Amen. He's so good to us. Woo. Thank you, Trevor and Mandy and Tyler for that. That was wonderful. One of dad's favorite songs. So wonderful to hear that this morning. Thank you for being here. We are glad that you're here today. We're so thankful to see our faith family. We love all of you. We want to give a special welcome to our online congregation. So let's welcome them for um, joining us today. Yes. We would also like to give you a special welcome if this is your first time with us, if this is your first time here at Northview Harvest Ministries, if you'll look at your bulletin in the back, there's a form that says first time here, and it just tears off, and if you will fill that form out after service today on your way out, if you would, when you go out these doors, the uh, welcome center is to the right, there will be a team there, a care team there to um, greet you, to give you a gift, and to pray with you if you would like prayer, Um, We just want to thank you for being here, so make sure that you go by the Welcome Center today. So I have a few announcements I wanted to to make. Um, There will be no corporate prayer and worship tonight due to the holiday. This Friday is our first Friday fast and prayer. So the first Friday of every month, we're fasting, fast whatever you feel like God wants you to fast, but then we come together at 7 o'clock here in the sanctuary and pray together. So we would love to have you join us for that. Um, also next Sunday we will be recognizing our graduates. So if you are part of Northview Harvest Ministries and you're a high school graduate or a college graduate, we would love to honor you next Sunday, but we have to have your form in order to honor you. So there are forms at the Welcome Center if you um, need if you need some help with that, Wanda raise your hand, she can help you with that. But we want to honor you that day. We feel like we want to honor your you know all of the things that you have done. I mean that's a great. That's great progress in your life to graduate from high school or college, amen? And so we want to honor you and celebrate with you. So we ask that uh, you be a part of that. Now it's time to give. Who's excited to give today? If you need a tithing offering envelope, if you'll raise your hand. Our ushers are coming forward now, and they will give you one of those. We want to thank you to all of you who give however you choose to give here we thank you for all of those that give online. We know that's very popular and easy now. Um, if you'll notice the screen, I think they're going to put those up, the ways to give. We give you opportunities and easy opportunities to give. We want to make it convenient for you. So if you need an envelope, they have those for you. I wanted to share a scripture with you, and then I want to show you something that somebody put in the offering last Sunday. It just touched my heart. So I want to read 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. So we know it's not just about what God gives us, but it's about what we give back and that he produces generosity in us. And I wanted to show you something somebody put in the offering last Sunday. Chris brought this to me and she said, I wanted to give this to you. So I don't know if the camera, I don't know if you can see that. Someone drew a beautiful picture, colored it in, it's an outdoor scene, and then on the back it says, to God. And it touched me because I thought, a lot of times we don't feel like we have anything to give God, but we always have something we can give God, amen? And if you will give him what you have, if you will give him what you have, this person had a picture, he will increase your resources, and he will give you more to sow. Amen? So if you have a little money, you sow your tithe and offering from that. And God will increase that not to just bless you, but so that you can bless others and to create a heart of generosity in you. Amen? And so I want to encourage you, look at this picture again. It's so precious. Whoever did it was talented. I'm assuming it's a child. I don't know who did it. They God has a little G, so I'm assuming it's the kid that did it. But it's just precious. It just really touched my heart. And I said, Chris, I'm going to use this for the offering. So um, just remember, if you want to give, God will give you something to give. Give him what you have and watch him increase what you have. Amen? So if you will stand, we're going to come and present our offerings. If you're giving in-house today, we're going to present our offerings to the Lord as our praise band plays. Oh.
0: tell y'all thank you but why don't I let preacher Paul tell y'all what for but God but God but God y'all are so generous $7,000 offering last Sunday thank you so much Chris, uh, Pastor Tim called me And I called the lady that sends me Bibles And we ordered 220 Bibles And then I thought about it And I started figuring out I needed 200 more So I ordered 200 more on Friday God bless you and thank you so much I sent Preacher Paul, a text I said, call me He called me I said, are you sitting down? everybody that gave in that and just imagine how many hundreds of young lives those Bibles are going to impact because the last time I checked heaven and earth will pass away but his word will remain last time I checked it's still in the prophet Isaiah that as the waters come down and water the earth and then goes back into the heavens so shall my word be. It will go forth and accomplish that which I purpose. Amen. So we're gonna pray over this offering today. We're gonna make our confession as well. I want, if you have sent me a text or email or shared with me personally something that God's done in your finances, your job situation since we've been doing these confessions, I want you to just wave your hand just a minute. Wave them wide. I want you to look around. See, y'all think I'm joking with y'all when I tell y'all they're all over the building. When I say people are giving me testimonies every week. I had somebody send, send me a text message this week. Said they got called to work. They had been out of town and got called to the office and I had a $500 check waiting for them that they weren't supposed to get. <laughs> But the boss said, yeah, you're supposed to get it. It's unexpected, but you got it. Jehovah done Jireh, is what Dr. Jesse Simmons used to say. Amen, but God, but God. So let's, let's look folks, Proverbs 13 too, a man shall eat good by the fruit of his lips. So let's let our lips produce something good, all right? So let's make this confession. As we receive today's offering, we are believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs. Raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions. Favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interests and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decrease, blessing and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And there is abundance in this house. There is abundance in this house. There is abundance in this house. shout amen. So y'all lift your hands up and let's pray over this offering today. Father, we return your tithe to you. I know everybody can have their own theology and opinions and designs and understanding and beliefs on the tithe, but Lord, as far as Tim Hodge is concerned, I am not obligated to the tithe. I am responsible for the tithe. And Jesus came and Jesus is going back to heaven and nowhere did Jesus say you don't have to tithe anymore. And nowhere did he say just because Moses isn't around anymore that you don't have to tithe anymore. Uh, because before Moses was, Abraham was tithing to Melchizedek. So this is not a time of the law thing. This is a kingdom thing. So Lord, we honor you with the tithe That's yours. And anything above that that we give to you, that's the offering. That's mine that I give to you. So, Lord, we return to you today your tithe. We give to you our offerings. And we thank you for allowing us to be a part of the kingdom of God through faith, through obedience, and by honoring your word. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said Amen. High five about three people and tell them you're glad to see them today. Could we do a faith statement together? Mr. White, are you ready, sir?
4: In a cave on your feet, we are sword from we're ready, ready purpose-filled. We will not be denied.
0: And in Jesus' name, we will do everything. Not somehow, but triumphantly. Give the Lord a praise, would you? <clears throat> Hallelujah. Now let me explain, if nobody understands, and uh, Jonathan, you can pull me down just a little bit in case I get rowdy in a little while because it is Pentecost Sunday. Our men's class on Wednesday night meets over in the, we call it the castle room, the children's church room, and we're about to move out and just boot the ladies out of the sanctuary because we're outgrowing y'all. We need more space, and y'all can have the little room. Just teasing. Maybe. But almost two years ago, almost two years ago, it's hard to believe Kim and I have been here almost two years, isn't it? June, right? So almost two years ago when uh, I was assigned to teach the men's class in there, the Lord laid on my heart to teach on David when he went into a cave, when he's running for his life from Saul. He went into the cave of Adullam. And God sent him 400 men who were in distress, in debt, and discontent. If David could have chosen 400 men that he would want to surround him while he's running for his life, these men would not have been it. But God used David to transform the anointing on David's life when those men came in close association, living in those cave systems with David, David taught them on worship. David taught them on faith. The anointing on David's life transformed those 400, let's call them losers, the bottom of the run guys. The anointing on David's life transformed them and when David died, they are recorded in the scripture, many of those men as David's mighty men. So that's all I taught for months was David and those men. So we call that the cave. And I don't know if I'm a David, but uh, I call you guys that are in there with me my mighty men because God's been doing a great work in there in the last two years and I'm excited about what God's doing in our men. So that's why we have the men stand up because men, you are the authority of your house. Four men got that and 12 ladies. <laughs> Let me back that up. Gentlemen, this is free. My daughter put a funny meme on Facebook the other day how the preacher would talk 15 minutes, preach a sermon and then stop and say, now I'm gonna start my sermon. But men, in the book of Genesis, God created Adam in Genesis 2. God made a covenant with Adam. Adam. After that covenant, he then created Eve. In the very next chapter, Eve takes of the forbidden fruit and she bites into it and nothing happened. Then the Bible says she turned and gave it to her husband, Adam, who was with her. When he bit into it, their eyes opened because the covenant was with Adam. Adam was the spiritual authority in the garden and he did not step up to the plate to walk in the anointing he was created for. Men, nothing has changed. You are to be the spiritual priest of your house. Thank God for godly, Holy Spirit-led and Holy Spirit-filled wives and mothers. But women, you are not the authority of your house. When your husband, if you're married, becomes born again and spirit-filled, he is the spiritual head of your house. Back up and let him lead. you can say amen or oh me now you can say but I've been I'm far more spiritually mature than you than he is that may be the case but you don't carry the anointing he carries let him walk in his authority and get him in the cave on Wednesday nights even if you have to hog time and drop him off we'll untie him and get him back later okay I'm just saying guys that's God's that's God's design amen And look, if your husband doesn't ever step up to the plate, thank God for women that have carried the load to be the spiritual head of their home. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, you know what's funny? Check this out. That's not where I want to go. Yeah, that's where I want to go. I'm going to talk to y'all for just a few minutes, it's 12.03, and, uh, but I've got to make a deposit in you by the Spirit of God, because I've been carrying something in my spirit for about five months, and if y'all don't let me get it out, I'm going to bust, and I've been trying to get to this point, but anything I say today, if you don't get this, then everything else I say is null and void. In Acts chapter 16, men of the cave, have we been looking at this? Philippian jailer, after God has broke open, broken open the prison, Paul and Silas and all the prisoners sit in there. The jailer comes in because he fears that they have all escaped because God has supernaturally busted them loose but they did not run. The Philippian jailer comes in and he sees they're still there and he says, men, what must I do to be saved? And they said, verse 31 of Acts 16, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved, you and your household. What do we do? Number one, everybody say believe. Believe. We've got to believe that Jesus is the son of God who came in the flesh through a virgin's womb by the Holy Spirit. I believe that today. The second thing is we've got to believe that Jesus died on the cross as a perfect once for all sacrifice for our sins. The next thing is we've got to believe three days after that Jesus was resurrected on that third day by the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that. But then there's something else I believe too that we must repent of our sins. The very sins Jesus died to free us from and make him the sovereign Lord of our lives. If you will put those things in your heart and your mind right here, I'm going to tell you, you can be saved. Amen. And if you will do that now, if you are not in right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, then everything I tell you the rest of this few minutes, you can have and it can be a promise and it will become a reality in your life. If you do not, I'm not talk- I can't talk to you. You can hear me, but you won't be able to grasp and you won't be able to experience what I'm about to talk about. But I'm going to tell you what, if I could get, if I could get about four people to say, Pastor Tim, I believe all this, give it to me, Amen. then we'll do it. Amen? Amen. All right. Hallelujah. I want, this is what we're going to do. Our hashtag today is this hashtag process so if you want to pull up the uh, church Facebook page share the video or just put it on social media and then put that phone up don't start talking to cousin Bobby Joe about what y'all going to have for lunch at Aunt Sue's house today that was a joke (laughs) hashtag process hashtag process and here's a funny thing go ahead and put that location for Northview Harvest Ministries here we go Nelson I've been trying to get at this for two weeks Y'all see this right here? That's on a Wednesday night, about nine o'clock, 9.15, out in the back of the parking lot. So here's the thing. It's 12.07, so don't nobody be talking about me hurrying up and letting y'all get out of church because all y'all gonna do is go out in the parking lot in the rain and talk. I pulled off and I said, look at these people out here still out here standing around talking. How many many of y'all know this is the thing y'all and this is a perfect example. We're not trying to build a church here. We're building a faith family. Okay, I'm gonna rewind that and say it again. We're not trying to build a church here. We're trying to build a faith family. And you know what? When you love one another, you like hanging out with one another. You like talking with one another. So, look, don't let Sunday be a hit and miss thing. Build relationship with people because the kingdom is all about relationship. All right? Now, you see that passage there in Acts chapter 2? We're not going to do that today. You see this right here? We are going to do this. The Holy Spirit equals new wine poured out. The Holy Spirit spoke a message through Pastor Michael Two, three, four months ago that he was pouring out new wine. And all through the Bible, the Holy Spirit is uh, put in sync with an understanding that he is the new wine. We see that in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 when the Holy Spirit would be poured out. Jesus said, you'll be witnesses unto me. In uh, Joel chapter 2 verses uh, verse 28, uh, Trevor read that quoting from the book of Acts chapter two, that when the Holy Spirit comes, your sons and your daughters will prophesy, they'll have visions, your old men will dream dreams. Uh, I'm prophesying more than I am dreaming, so I'm gonna call myself young. I'm a qualifier. Yes, we're not checking IDs. But another thing about the Holy Spirit is when he comes, when this new wine is poured out upon the earth, again, it's coming, y'all. Somebody say it's coming again. Miracles. If you want to see this uh, exemplified, read the entire book of Acts because in the book of Acts, you will find after the day of Pentecost, there were approximately 30 miracles that took place in the next 20 some chapters. So, and here's another thing when the Holy Spirit comes and this new wine is poured out, there's going to be a release of new seasons and there's going to be a release of new dimensions. Amen. Now, about a month ago, four, three or four weeks ago, when I was preaching along these lines, I took you over to John chapter two at the wedding of Cana of Galilee, how they ran out of wine, and Jesus' mother at this wedding party, that would have been a very bad uh That would have been a very bad thing, okay? It would have marked this young couple for the rest of their married life. It would have been like a curse on them. So Mary, the mother of Jesus, comes to Jesus says they're out of wine. And Jesus eventually doesn't want to participate in dealing with this situation, but he tells them to bring these pictures or pots of water. What does he do to the water? Somebody shout it out loud. He turns the water into wine and when the master of ceremonies tastes it and they're I don't know hours or a day or two into it and usually when everybody gets tipsy uh, they'll wait and bring out the cheap stuff later because when you got a little buzz going on it don't matter what it tastes like don't nobody get too loud because some of us had a life before we got saved amen So here's the thing, but when they tasted this wine that Jesus had turned the water into wine, the master of ceremonies, he was so moved, he's like, man, this stuff is so good, usually people wait and save the best, uh, use the best stuff first and give us the bad stuff later, but you've saved the best for latter, for the latter. Now folks, listen to me. There is a principle there that God has no problem saving the best for last, and I'm going to tell you right now, I believe Jesus is coming soon, and I believe this generation of Christians that's walking on planet earth right now, I believe we are the last generation of Christians before God raptures his church out, so I believe once again, God has saved the best for last. Somebody look at your neighbor, he always saves the best for last. So. few weeks ago I also gave you this when I was dealing with this, the new of God is always better, the new of God is always better, now listen to me, Uh, I I think Pastor Michael, was you send me that Dutch Sheets video or did I send it to you and then we discussed it, when he said something to this point, he said Dutch Sheets on this video he said yesterday's revelation is today's wisdom in other words, what God gave us is fresh revelation yesterday or yesteryear. Today, it is the wisdom that we walk in. And Dutch Sheets kind of was giving him own, his own self a rebuke and repentant because he said, he said of himself, and I found this true of myself. So I'm going to say we, okay? We sometimes receive fresh revelation from God, and if we aren't careful, we get comfortable in that, and we just kinda settle into it. We get cozy in it, because see folks, to birth something new is gonna take a degree of energy and effort and faith, and sometimes it's gonna cost a sacrifice on your part. It's gonna cost you some time, it's gonna cost you some sleep, and sometimes God may lay some things on your heart that you may have to sow some seed into somebody or into a ministry or into something as a part of that birthing process. Oh, I'm talking now, maybe nobody's getting it, but I'm gonna tell you right here. Are we ready? Here we go. So when I received revelation yesterday or yesteryear, it was fresh bread from heaven, but when I woke up today, what I received yesterday as fresh revelation has now become wisdom for my life. But if I just sit and operate and function in that wisdom, but I'm not seeking what God is wanting for me to have today, and then I wake up the next day and I'm still comfortable in yesterday's wisdom and I'm not seeking God for a fresh word from heaven, then what I find myself is somewhere down the road, I have become stuck in a spiritual rut. Mm -hmm. And that's why people say Christianity becomes boring or lifeless. But folks, I'm gonna tell you right now, God is continually giving out fresh revelation from heaven. Come on, somebody talk to me. See over in First Samuel chapter three, verse one. It says when Samuel was a young boy, does anybody remember that story when Samuel's mother Hannah was barren and she went and she prayed to the Lord and, and she said, God, if you'll give me a son, I'll covenant with you. I'll give him back to you. I'll put him. I'll give him to Eli, the high priest, and I'll let him serve you here in the house of the Lord and uh, I'll give him completely. I'll bring him here and leave him here when he's old enough. And, she, and God gave her a son. His name was Samuel and he did just that. She did just that. She gave Samuel over to dedicated him to the work of the Lord and in chapter three we find where God came down in the night and he began to call Samuel Samuel, he literally audibly heard the voice of God and Samuel said yes sir he thought it was Eli so he goes running in there to Eli he's like did you call me sir he's like no I didn't call you go back to bed boy it's late he goes back he lays his little head down Samuel He jumps up, goes running, and Eli, did you call me? No, sir. And he does, what, a third time, and finally Eli, the light bulb, comes on. And it's like, son, that's God calling you. That's That's a great chapter, right? But the very first verse has these words. It says this, the word of the Lord was rare. There was no widespread revelation. In other words, Pastor Fay, nobody was hearing anything fresh from God. They're just out there parroting everything they've already been told. They're just out there rehashing everything. they quoting Rod Parsley, and they quoting their favorite preachers. they quoting Charles Stanley, and I love all these guys. All these guys we can find on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, on TV, on TBN, and, and uh The Dove Network and all these other networks, they're great preachers, but I'm gonna ask you a question. Have you heard God speak to you? Part of the problem we've got in America right now is most Christians have gotten comfortable in the little seats on Sunday mornings and you come in and you listen to what the preacher got to be a word for you and you get that word and the majority of Christians in America, that's all they get all week long. Like God becomes a deaf mute mute, from Sunday through Saturday. Can I am I talking to anybody up here? I'm not trying to be mean. I'm being serious, y'all. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking this. If we are going to see a move of God that's going to touch this country and bring it back from the shambles that it is in, morally, or should I say immorally, financially, judicially, with all the injustice that's going on, if there is any hope for America. It's not gonna come from behind the pulpit. It's gonna come from whatever you're hearing on Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, Friday morning, Saturday morning because y'all, God is talking. Are you listening? Not just the preacher. Are we listening? If we talk about new wine, let me tell you something. I'm gonna be a wine skin. Are you listening to me? But I ain't gonna leak. There's something floating off my sweater keep getting up in my mouth every time I inhale. I'm just gonna eat it, all right? <laughs> I'm from McCall, if I could drink McCall water and survive growing up, ain't nothing I can suck in the air and hear get in my mouth, gonna hurt me, amen? <laughs> you McCall people know what I'm talking about, don't you, all right? You get a cup of top water, McCall looks like you got Alka-Seltzer in it already. Hey, let me get on out of here. <laughs> Folks, listen to me. Listen, God loves you. You understand that? God loves you. Listen, 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 listen. The Bible says that, that the life is in the blood. It's talking about physical existence. Your life, your blood's carrying oxygen. You lose all your blood or your blood loses its ability to do what it's supposed to do, you're gonna gonna not, not exist anymore. But look, folks, in a relationship, listen to me, in a relationship, communication is the blood of your relationship. If you're not communicating, your relationship's gonna get weak, weak, and eventually die. And I would I, listen now, husbands and wives. Let's go ahead and be honest. If whenever your marriage has gotten weak or in trouble, I guarantee you, you wasn't talking to get to each other like you are supposed to. Oh Lord, maybe I should have wore kevlar and been come up in here packing, talking about stuff like that today. It got quiet on that. Listen, folks, look at your neighbor, husbands. If you're here, look at your wife. Say, baby, we need to talk. I know that even that's hard for men to do because we men are not we're not geared that way. If we're going to walk in a strong, growing, prosperous relationship with God, y'all, we got to talk. not to one another, not to Facebook, I don't care how many cute little scriptures you can share or how many different ways they doctored up on Photoshop and you keep sharing them, that's not you hearing from God. That's somebody else heard from God and they gave you that. You need to get, mm, somebody needs to hear what I'm saying today. You need to get along with this and get you a journal and get in a quiet place every day and I encourage you to do it first thing in the morning but Pastor Tim I wake up and I'm just in a hurry then maybe you need to go to bed a little earlier time to grow up spiritually your country needs you Mm -hmm. listen now because God is wanting to bring new fresh revelation how many of y'all want something new from God I mean, maybe I'm talking to the wrong crowd today. Maybe I am just supposed to be talking to somebody online. But who, how many of y'all want something new and fresh from God? Oh, I got about half of y'all. Well, that's good. I can live with that, all right? Listen, well, let me go ahead and talk to the half of y'all that said, hey, I want something new and fresh from God. Listen, listen, listen. Because you know what? If we keep on living, mmm, mmm, new oil, New wine and new oil. Let me tell you something. When Kim and I first pastored our first church in Rockingham, we had one of these old fashioned wooden pulpits. Y'all remember them, right? See, the thing about those old fashioned wood pulpits, they became a storage cabinet for everything on stage. If I'm lying, I'm frying. How many of y'all folk ever looked in one of those? There's all kinds of, There's hymn books back there from 400 years ago. I mean, when that, when that thing was still a tree before they cut it down and, and hewn it up and, and built a pulpit out of it, it's got stuff still in it that was stored in there from way back then. One day we were gonna pray for people around the altar at the church and I went in and I'm digging through that thing. I'm looking for some anointing oil and I found this big old bottle of olive oil and I poured the bottle out and I took the top off of that thing and I went and put my finger on it to get a little dab of do you? And I took a whiff of what was in that bottle. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. I didn't know olive oil could go bad. That just stuff didn't just go bad, it went nuclear. It slapped my olfactory senses up in my nose and my sinuses and said, do not come in here. If there was a genie in that bottle, it done died a thousand years ago and rotted in there. I mean, that stuff was cankered, y'all. It was rotten. It was rotten and the Lord spoke to me and he said there are so many Christians that are like that. They're walking around in a canker dead dry anointing and what they had was alive in the past. They haven't kept it alive. They didn't keep doing something to it. They didn't keep nurturing it. They didn't keep applying fresh oil to it. So when they go to take the top off in a time of need and they go to tap into something, there's nothing there to be you." I want the fresh of God and can I tell you the new and the fresh of God is always better alright I gotta hurry up I'm gonna, give me about five more minutes alright look at these verses right here I dealt with these a few weeks ago too and it shall be Deuteronomy 11 verses 13 through 15 and it shall be that if you earnestly obey my commandments this is God talking which I command you today to love the Lord your God and serve him get this now Obey, serve, love the Lord your God and serve him. This is not a hard thing to do. How many of y'all love God? Then if you love him, you would want to serve him, right? So whatever he speaks into your heart, that's what we are required to do. Look what he says, things that I command you today, to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Look what he says in verse 14. If you do that, here's a promise. Boom! And how many of y'all you know God can't lie? He said, then I will give you the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the latter rain. That is, I'll get you at the first of the harvest season and I'll keep your, I'll keep your gardens and your crops watered through the end of the harvest season, the former and the latter, that you may gather in your grain, and look what he says, your new wine, And your oil. Everybody shout, New wine wine. and your oil. Look at your neighbor, say, "New New wine and your oil. He says, And I will send grass to your fields for your livestock that you may eat and be filled. Now, note this God did not say, I will give you new grapes and new olives. He said, I'm gonna give you new wine and oil. He said, I'm going to give you new wine, and this is understood new oil. That means there were grapes and olives that had to go through a process. And this is where I need to get to to end up with y'all today. Everybody shout process. He said, I'm going to give you new wine, and I'm going to give you oil. So, Danny, he didn't say, Here, here's you a bunch of grapes. He didn't say, Here's your a bunch of olives. He said, I'm going to give you new wine. And, Billy, he said, I'm going to give you oil. New oil, fresh oil, but that means God is going to give you grapes and he's going to give you olives. You're the grape man, you're the olive man, all right? He said, I'm going to give you new wine, I'm going to give you oil, but basically God said, I'm going to give you grapes and I'm going to give you olives, but you've got to make the wine and you've got to make the oil, Oh, somebody's about to get something up in here. So see folks, here's the thing. In order for your grapes, your harvest to become the new wine, it's got to go through a process. So you know what? A few months back when Pastor Michael was preaching on new wine, I spent about a week studying wine. I went to the store and I, no, that's a joke. Ah, Y'all fell for that, didn't you? I went online, I read for about two days. I read articles on wine, winery, winemaking, not just where it is today. I watched videos on wine and wineries and and these wine, what do you call them, vineyards or whatever, grape vineyards. And and I watched all this stuff. I watched it historically back to like the, the 10th, 11th century. And I found out some interesting stuff about the process of grapes being made into wine. And the more I studied it, I got to thinking about this verse where God said, I'm gonna give you new wine. And I got to thinking, no, God's given us grapes, but we've got to go through the process for the grapes to become wine. So if God is saying, I'm gonna give you new wine today in 2023, I'm gonna pour out my spirit, then somewhere inside of me, inside of you, inside of us, there's some stuff God's gonna process to get us ready for the new wine. So let's talk about this just a minute. In the process, they would take these these clusters of grapes and they would bring them up to the wine press, which was basically basically this hewn out rock kind of thing and they would fill it with grapes and people would climb down in there barefooted and they would step on the grapes. So the next time you eating great drinking great juice or drinking wine, I want you to think about somebody's big ingrown toenail bending in about your stuff. Think athletes, feet, and all that stuff. (laughs) Okay, all joking aside. Seriously. They put it into the wine press and people would get in there and they would start squishing it with their feet. Oh, hold up now. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. It's gotta be stepped on. You know what I found out in one of these videos I watched on winery and winemaking? Guess what? In our day and age of modernization of all the processes, one of these wine making companies said, oh, we can, we can do better than that. We'll make this big old steel vat and we'll make this big old steel lead, lid and we'll fill the grapes in the vat and we'll make this big old square lid just come down and squeeze these grapes. But you know what they found? Get this, are you ready? They found out the grape juice just didn't taste the same. I'm telling y'all the God's honest truth. So, guess what they did? They took these metal and wood pieces and had their people in their shops cut them and design them in the shape of feet. And they had these machines with these feet shaped things on the end of it to go down and press the grapes. And guess what? The grape juice started smelling. (laughs) The grape juice started tasting like grape juice again. Something about the grape has to be stepped on. Folks, let me tell you something. In the process of God bringing new wine in your life, don't despise the process when you're getting stepped on. Stepped on, lied on, lied to, ridiculed, put down, ostracized, cut out or cut off, rejected, wrong color skin, wrong gender, wrong ethnic group, disqualified due to learning difficulties like autism or dyslexia. You're from the wrong side of the tracks or you're from the wrong town. Like when my my wife's Uncle Joe. Bless his soul. He's in heaven now. But when he first learned that she was dating a boy from McCall, his words were Can any good thing come from McCall? (laughs) Folks, let me tell you something. There are things in life. Are you hearing me? There are things in life that you're going to be stepped on, you're going to be crushed. Here's the thing though, if you don't have Jesus in your life, life's gonna crush you but it's gonna crush you and you're gonna have nothing good come out of it. But let me talk to the child of God up in here. See, God is determined, he's gonna bring fresh new wine out of your life and out of your soul and out of your spirit, man. It's gonna come by the spirit of God. So anytime a crushing situation of adversity comes and it feels like it's squeezing the very life out of your soul, let me tell you something folks, that is just God. God processing you for something fresh And something new That he's bringing about in your life So let me tell you something Whenever you're getting stepped on If you don't have Jesus Here's gonna be probably your reaction One of two things You're gonna get mad and retaliate Or you number two You're gonna get depressed And just roll over and die But let me tell you something To the child of God There's a third option right there Hallelujah You know what You can look up to heaven And you can say God is bringing about good I ain't getting no help up in here here, but the last time i checked Romans 8:28 still says this and that god will make all things work together for good in the closing words of genesis in the book of genesis when david is speaking to his brothers in one of the very last verses everything from the beginning of creation to everything to where Joseph is talking to his brothers. In the last words, he looks at his brothers when they had sold him into slavery, all the hardship, all the crushing moments in life he had experienced, he looked at his brothers and he said, you meant it for evil, God meant it for good, for the salvation of many. Can I tell you today, God's got a plan for every crushing moment in your life, he will bring good out of it. Somebody give him a praise up in here. The process is gonna take time, everybody shout time. I'm about to wrap this thing up, bring this airplane in right here. He's gonna take time. Now let me tell you something, you can't rush God. He's got a plan, and he's in control. And folks, it may look like sometimes that God's moving real slow, but let me tell you something, he's still moving. He's still moving. He's still moving. There was a time in my life that I thought my life, my marriage, my home, the ministry that I was leading, it seemed like everything was just coming to just bleak, being blown up in life. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to turn. I was discouraged. I was hopeless. I was depressed. And I was in the little church that we pastored in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, down in the Charleston area. And I was walking around the outer, had, you know, typical little church building, had two rows of pews. And I'm walking around the walls of the outer hall, outer aisles there. And when I turn that corner that building at the back, and I'm praying, God, stop me in my tracks. Pastor Faye, I know you've experienced it before. When God speaks to you, you know it's a profound God encounter, and you just stop because you're kind of scared to move. And out of reverence, you just stop. And I'm crying, man. I mean, I'm ugly crying, y'all. I mean, there wasn't no man. There wasn't no macho something. I was falling apart. I was losing. I had nothing. And I'm like, God, I can't handle this. I got four little kids. Well, at that time, we had one on the way. He's here today, by the way, our youngest son, Jordan, and his sweet wife, Miss Kate. Y'all show them some love, would you? But, folks, when I turned that corner, the Lord stopped me in my tracks. Joshua, this is what he said. He said, Tim, I've got a plan. I'm in control. But then he asked me a question that ripped my heart out. God, the same God that I told you about today that can hold the water and uh, all the oceans in the hollow of his hand, the same God that could stretch his fingers out and reach all the way across the universe, that same God asked me, he said, he asked, do you trust God? Maybe that doesn't mean too much to you. But for the God of heaven's armies, will it for him to stop me in my tracks and ask me, Tim, do you trust me? That hurt my heart that God would even have to ask me that question. And I said, yes, God, I trust you. Psalms 25 and 1, listen to what it says. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Did you hear that? To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. You know what your soul is? It's the seat of your emotions. It's your mental processes. So the psalmist is saying, God, I'm lifting up my emotions to you. Because you know what, folks? All of us, maybe you need to write this down. You need to keep your soul under control. Because see, your soul, when it's not under control, it'll make you jump ship when the ship's not really going down. Mm. Listen to me now. To you, O Lord, I will lift up my soul. Verse two, O oh my God, look what he says. I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Somewhere in this time frame of when God stopped me in my tracks and, and asked me, Tim, do you trust me? God led me to this verse, these two verses. And you know what? That was like 1999 and we're in 2023. And we are, I can still be riding down the road. Kobe, I can still be riding down the road. And I can sense the Holy Spirit asks me, do you still trust me? Can I tell you today, I trust him with every fiber of my being. You know what? Come on, somebody, because I have found him to be faithful and I have found him to be true. And I have found when times and seasons of life steps on me, when people have lied on me, stabbed me in the back, when they have tried to blackball me politically to get me out of any church office, which I never wanted anyway, and if they only knew that, they wouldn't have wasted their time and energy. But you know what? Here's my thing. When people try to fabricate stuff against me, or people try to tear me down and invalidate my purpose and invalidate the things that God speaks to me, can I tell you every single time and every Every single situation, I've seen God come in and show Himself strong in my behalf. Every time I've been crushed in a situation of life, come on, somebody, I, I can. Tell, you know what? Trevor, I know, man, when you guys were up there with Israel, man, I know when when uh when we brought our little girl home, when we were getting ready to bring uh, Kendall home, and the doctors told us that she had a sublaxation in her hip and, and she had severe jaundice, and, and I sat there, nothing compared to what you can do, what you've had to see, man. But I can tell you, I remember sitting there that her blood was so bad, her blood count was so bad bad, they couldn't get a correct count trying to squeeze the blood and get it out of her foot. They had to stick a needle in my my baby's neck and she had to wear this little bulky harness for what, six months or so that had her little legs pulled up like a little toad frog because her hip would pop out and you know man, you don't know what it's like when you walking down the street with your baby in a stroller, you're carrying her and she's got that bulky harness on and people look at y'all like, what's wrong with that baby? And let me tell you something folks, but you know what, that same baby today it has, a, has a song that's been released on the prodigals and some of you heard her singing here and God has turned all of that around And everything was part of the process So God could bring that new wine Can I tell you folks Everything that has hurt you Everything the devil's meant for your harm That he meant to destroy your purpose God is brooding over you And God is working this For your good I wish somebody would just give him a praise Up in here let me just get these two things new wine, fresh oil it's a new season and a new harvest there's new opportunities and then there are new songs Miss Wanda I don't know if you remember today but somewhere during this time of praise and worship you said something about a new song listen listen to me in the New King James Version write this down the phrase new song new song is found nine times for example the psalmist would say sing unto the Lord a new song everybody get this right here if you get getting notes get this a new song will usher in a new season The reason most people can't sing a new song to the Lord or won't sing a new song to the Lord is because they're trying to live yesterday's experience for so long. If you want a new season to come about in your life with God, then start singing a new song. Let the Spirit of God, how do I do that, Pastor Tim? Let the Spirit of God birth it in your spirit, man. And what comes out of you will create a new dimension that you're living in in the earth because it's not coming from you. Oh, man, I wish I could preach a little while. I could preach about three hours. I hadn't preached in a long time, y'all. I really, really preached, preached, have I? We got food back there yet? Go get it, bring it out here, give it to everybody. Let's just go till about five. (laughs) Listen, let me talk to y'all. Let me just say this. How many of y'all feel with the Holy Ghost? This is a Pentecostal church. This is Pentecost Sunday. How many of y'all feel with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues? All right, so you pray in the Spirit. Paul said, "I, I pray in tongues. He said, build up your most holy faith by praying in the Spirit. Paul said, I pray more in tongues than any of you. All right, so praying in the Spirit, get this. Praying in the Spirit. Have you ever thought about what that is? Praying in the Spirit is allowing the Holy Ghost to pray through you. In other words, you surrender your voice to him and you allow him to speak what he wants into the earth. Now, hold on just a minute. This is either gonna hurt your brain cells or help your brain cells. At heaven, right now, somebody tell me where Jesus is according to the scripture. He's at the right hand of the Father. What's he doing, sipping tea? What he have some angel go down to Starbucks and get him a white chocolate mocha? What is he doing? He's interceding. He's praying. Who's he praying to? Mary? Saint Paul? Man, that's why I love real Christianity. You don't need somebody to be a go between for you. You can go straight to Jesus. And you know what Jesus does? He's right there at the Father. So in other words, when Michelle and Gary's having a situation, Jesus just looks over there at the Father, sitting at his right hand because Jesus is at his right hand. The Father's at his left because Jesus is at his right hand. Jesus just looks over and he turns to the Father and he starts praying for y'all. God the Father, God the Son, God the... They are the... So let me tell you something. If they are the three in one and God the Father and God the Son is having a conversation... Then guess who else is included in the conversation? Where's the Holy Spirit at? Know ye not you are the temple of the Holy Ghost? So guess what? What Jesus starts praying to the Father, the Holy Ghost starts praying in you. So when you open your mouth to pray in the Spirit, you are praying out into the earth. What's being said at the throne room of That's why the devil, it scares the devil out of the devil that Christians are gonna get a hold of stuff like that and he doesn't want you praying in the spirit. That's why he wants you to make you think back in the old days Churches that you had to sit there and rake and shake, shine by a Hyundai, get hit with a two by four and act stupid, not even know what you were saying. No, baby, you just put me in a quiet room and I can start praying in the Holy Ghost. Because you know what? And my, a preacher told my mama one time she needed to tell me, You can't turn it on like that. I said, "You Nope, you don't turn it on like that. You know why? Because I never turn it off, it's always on. Look at your neighbor and say, Sing a new song. So you let the Holy Spirit birth a new song inside of you, then guess what? What comes out of you is by the Spirit of God. It begins to take creative force in the earth. And the last thing, I'm done right here. I'm done right here. I've been sick this week, y'all. Wednesday night, I had a cold hit me like a truck and I thank the Lord for giving me strength to be here today because this is Pentecost Sunday and if I had to drag myself up in here or I had to call Pastor Michael this morning and say bro run over next door with that wheelchair and get me up in the house of the Lord I was going to be up in the house of the Lord today this last thing right here look at this trust the process look at that last line somebody read that last line out loud Grape vines that endure the most adversity produce the sweeter grapes. Did you know that? I did not know that. Did you know when that was found out? In the 11th century by French monks in monasteries who made wine. They found out the grapes that were down there in the nice, dark, rich soil would grow and be plush and green and they would produce grapes. But the grapes that were on the side of the mountain, the grapevines vines in the rocky soil that seemed like the wind and the snow and the storms would hit them the hardest, they would produce grapes as well. But their grapes were so much more sweeter than the grapes of the vines that everything went good. You don't believe me? Search it. Google it. To the point, get this, out in California, in those massive vineyards where they make wine, are you getting this? They actually bring in rocky soil to plant their grapevines in. And they have these computerized irrigation systems. Y'all know I'm talking about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of acres of vineyard. We're not talking about a little grapevine like out behind my grandma's house. They put in these irrigation systems that are computerized. Listen now. And at certain seasons, they will intentionally cut back on the water on the grapevine to make it think it's going through a drought. You know why? Why? Because after centuries of studying, they found out that those grapevines vines that face that type of adversity produce sweeter grapes, which makes better wine. Now, y'all listen to me. Maybe this don't mean anything to you, but this is what I got the thought of. If a bunch of dumb monks in the 11th century figured that out, Maybe we ought to try to wrap our little minds around it today. that maybe sometimes God allows us to go through adversity because what's going to come out of us after the adversity is going to be a whole lot sweeter. Would you stand to your feet with me. So who's been through some stuff? Who's been through some adversity? Let's go ahead and be honest. I mean, come on, whether you like me or don't like me or you're a Christian or non-Christian. How many of y'all been through some hell and high water? Come on, hold them up. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Can I talk to y'all just a minute? Listen, that's just gonna make, that's just gonna make grapes sweeter. Again, I love God so much. You know what? Because everything God does, everything the enemy of your soul, the devil has tried to do to discourage you, defeat you, kill you, there's a verse I love in Psalms chapter 2. It says this He who sits in the heavens laughs. So, look, you, you tell me I laugh too much? I'm going to tell you, you better talk to God because he may be this way. I'm in mean, his image. And Psalms 2 says he laughs. So, I'm going to laugh and you can't stop me. <laughs> but get this the devil takes his best shot at us, Billy Santilli takes his best shot, loads that gun, loads that trap, loads that weapon that he forms against us. He aims at us. Denise Earl, he aims it at us, gets us in his sights, pulls the trigger, and God releases Isaiah fifty four seventeen. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And somewhere between what the enemy wanted to do to destroy you destroy God's plans and purpose for your life he fails in the providence of God in the sovereignty of God how many of y'all believe God is a good 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 God I read a quote the other day. I actually put it on social media and I put it in my journey. Journey. In my journal, which is a documentation of my journey. And this is what it says. When you're going through seasons of adversity, the sovereignty of God is the pillar upon which you lay your head in peace. So, Father God, today we thank you for allowing us to be your people, the sheep of your pasture. Thank you today for your word to encourage us and strengthen us. God, I pray for every person that may be going through situations and trials and days and seasons of uncertainty right now. And I pray, God, that you allow them to realize you're in control. You're working this Process, and we can trust you in the process. And God, I ask you today, by the power and the authority of Jesus' name, by the unction of your Holy Spirit, I ask you to quicken faith, quicken hope, and increase trust inside of your people. And God, I pray if there's any person that came into this building today or any person that logged on this, this program, And if they were lost and separated from you, I pray, God, that they would believe that you're the Son of God born in a virgin womb. I pray that they would believe that you were the Son of God who died on a cross as our sacrifice for sin. I pray that they would believe that you're the Son of God who rose again on the third day. And I pray, God, finally, they would believe this for sure, that because the first three things are true, that I believe we have to repent of our sin and you will give us the grace to overcome when we make you the Lord of our life. So touch every heart today, God, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, I'm in process. Look at your neighbor and say, when I come out, I'm gonna be better than when I went in. When I come out, I'm gonna be better than when I went in. Let me bless you today. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. And everybody said amen. You can consider yourselves dismissed. I love y'all. Due to my getting over a cold, I'm not gonna stand out of the driveway in that cold, damp air today. I'm gonna exercise wisdom so my wife won't beat me.